morning. Today, we're going to be talking about trauma-informed care training, the blueprint for developing the aptitude of how to handle crisis. And the question is, how do you respond in times of crisis? How can you help other folks identify signals of distress? How can you help yourself cope with difficult behaviors? As we think about trauma, what comes to mind? Most times when it's related to PTSD, for instance, post-traumatic stress disorder, it's often related to our brothers and sisters who've been involved in some type of war or who've experienced gunplay. There's something in the urban community called urban post-traumatic stress disorder. And urban post-traumatic stress disorder comes from experiences that people had dealing with trauma. Today, on the AMO radio show, Yay Me is going to walk you through the blueprint, the four A's of developing aptitude. As I illustrated here today, we're going to start on the left-hand side when we look at our, the brain. Right? This diagram is just an illustration to help us communicate what we have going on internally. The brain. We see item number one and we see item number two when it comes to the brain. Typically when we think about the brain, we're looking at something called the attitude. How our attitude is effective. Let's look at this. We're gonna talk about emotional regulation. We're gonna look at reviving, reconstituting, and recognizing trauma. Exhibit A is an example of a developed brain. This developed brain is the brain that's learned how to troubleshoot. Troubleshoot meaning solving critical problems. Critical problem solving skills is what we're looking to develop. How can we develop critical problem solving? How can we institute conflict resolution? How can we accept the things that we consider challenges? How can we accept these things and embrace the challenges in order to help us develop? We're going to continue to look at those as we move forward. Exhibit number two is what you call a smooth brain. The smooth brain we can use for this illustration as the undeveloped brain. When you see a baby in a sonogram, you typically see a skull of the baby. And if you look at the brain of the baby, it's typically a smooth brain, simply because as you grow, as you mature, and you matriculate through life via trauma, via triumph, your brain develops wrinkles. Now, let's keep moving. Your brain also has a mind. Your mind is the imagination. These are your ideas. As you 
continue to develop your mind's eye, using your imagination, whether you're young or old, you can continue to not just envision yourself, but you can manifest the things you've envisioned in your brain. The mind is very important because this is where the imagination stirs, this is where the with a, with, a, with, a, with a crock pot, this is where all your ingredients goes into this mix of the mind and you're able to develop and produce. In your brain, there's something called a frontal vortex. The frontal vortex is the thing that detects. It allows you to detect. You ever get to a point, some people call it intuition where something doesn't feel right. We're gonna look at how the brain, right, affects the body and where the feeling comes from, okay? We're gonna look at these in a second. But let's just, let's just focus on the brain really quickly. The mind being at the forefront, <clears throat> the thing you can envision, taking the invisible thing, and as you work through processes, the invisible thing becomes visible. Your frontal vortex is the first line of defense. Remember the question I asked earlier in this exercise was, how can I detect difficult behaviors, be it in myself and be it with other folks? We're going to look at atmosphere in a second. First of all, we want to look at how can I be a positive change a more powerful, positive presence in order to help other folks change. Now, since we're talking about trauma-informed care, I must state this fact that in order for us to help other people change, we must first begin to change ourselves. And as we begin to change ourselves, moving from an undeveloped place in whatever area or aspect of life that you may find yourself in, whatever area or aspect you may find yourself in, if it's undeveloped, you have a chance to develop it. And as you develop, along the way, there'll be atmospheres, environments, people, places, and things that you see you'll be able to make a positive and more powerful presence in, okay? So let's keep going. Also, really quickly, on the brain, you have a component in your brain that's called the Abdullah. Okay. And the Abdullah typically works with your memory stem. So the Abdullah is where your memory is stored. You ever lost your key? You ever lost your phone? Or you lost something, you're looking really hard for it. And you say, man, where is this thing? You're trying to remember something, whatever it was, right? Take your mind there for a second, really quick. And you try to go, you try to take your invisible hand, a.k.a. your mind, and reach to the back of what? Your brain. Reach to the back of your brain and pull what? A memory. Pull a memory from where you last seen, located, or placed the thing that you were looking for. With this power that you have in your human DNA, you'll be able to pull old experiences, positive old experiences that you've lost as a child 
from your imagination. There's a saying that goes, many people die at 21, but they just got buried at 65. Meaning, your imagination died at a young age. Over time, you still tried to grow through life, but you've been going through undeveloped. Ignored. Shut out. How many times your mama told you, boy, shut up, sit down. Go stand in the corner. I don't want to hear your mouth. Right? Or you had this idea and you wanted to share this idea with your group, class, your environment, and guess what? It was no place for them to receive this message. Therefore, you stored this message in your abdullah, which continues to record consciously and unconsciously. Thus, how you have dreams. Your dream is all going to circulate. This cycle, this brain cycle, is all a circulation from your frontal vortex on what's received. What's received? AKA, what do you consider true? Coming from your attitude. Your attitude is molded by something called emotional regulation. Emotional regulation. As we look at emotional regulation, we want to ask these questions when it comes to coping and dealing with difficult behavior. <clears throat> the question is, how can I identify signals of difficult behavior within myself? Let's look at this. The three R's. One is going to be reviving. These are the three R's of emotional regulation. The first R is reviving. When you find yourself calm, cool, collected, subtle, in a positive space, all of a sudden, you see that person. You see that thing, right? Or, or this space reminds you of something that's going to cause you to revive what? A feeling. So the reviving is when your blood pressure starts to boil, when your mind starts to fluster. <clears throat> the way this diagram is designed is designed from a cluster demonstration. And let me explain what a cluster is really quickly. Because some of our minds have been locked up, we've been caged in, and we haven't learned the cycle of thinking. So think about how many times you've been called stupid, dumb, ignorant, can't get right. What you have done is you've opened the door. It was a key. This key goes to a door. This door is in your mind that has a lock on it, where your Abdullah is. So in your memory bank, 
there's a door there, like a Pandora box, but there's keys there, meaning if one person says a particular thing, it'll trigger you. When one person says the right thing, you will let them into your mental. Reviving, reviving the feeling. When we look at emotional regulation, we're either talking about something that's losing control or gaining control. The second R in our emotional regulation, we're looking at reconstituting. Reconstituting is rewriting how you feel about yourself. That's the reconstituting. Rewriting your social emotional intelligence. This exercise under trauma-informed care is all about Development social emotional intelligence. We at Yay Me, we believe in development the social emotional intelligence of our community. So to reconstitute means to rewrite, to re etch to revisit something that was already put in place. Think about this. You have certain family patterns that you grew up with. And in your family, you may have had the mom who was more reserved and didn't speak her feelings so much as so as dad, who was boisterous, aggressive, maybe an abusive. Then you have you as a child who's observative, who's learned two different things, how to be passive and aggressive. What you have to do now as you've developed, you have to reconstitute the way you use the things, the patterns that are stemming from your family's history. The third R in emotional regulation we're going to look at is recognizing. Recognizing. Recognition is key because so often, due to ignorance, we have chosen to not recognize certain factors that play a role into how our attitude is shaped how our characteristic is shaped, how our mind and our brain has then been molded. Here you go. Recognition. If we look for others to recognize us, then your chances of recognition will come few and far in between. Self-confidence is important. Self-esteem is important. Self-determination is important. Here's why. I'll give you an example. There was a teacher in grade school. She had a little boy named Bobby in her class. And she kept telling Bobby, Bobby, sit down. Bobby kept standing back up. Bobby, sit down. Bobby kept standing back up. The teacher physically went over to Bobby, sat him down in the chair, and held him down. And Bobby stated in his mind, I may be sitting down, but I'm standing up in my head. Recognition. How are you recognizing yourself? 
Are you recognizing yourself as less than, or are you recognizing yourself as more than? That's the question. Let's keep moving. The four A's of aptitude, the trauma-informed care training. The topic is social emotional intelligence. Let's look at the next A. Our second A behind attitude, remember your mind has an attitude, the attitude of your mind. The attitude of your mind is key, it's critical. Because where your mind goes, the body will follow. As we travel over to atmosphere, let's look at this. Atmosphere has everything to do with your environment. Due to environmental experiences, this is what affects our emotional regulation. So if you've been trained as a young person never to express your feelings, you're going to create an environment that's non-expressive. When it comes down to factors of the heart, factors of the internal perspective, like expression of love, thanks, gratitude. Do the atmosphere, if it's toxic, when barriers arise, when triggers arise, we then see how a person is affected in their altitude. Altitude is also still dealing with the mind. Is how you operate, be it a low level thinker or a high level thinker. When you think about altitude, how you troubleshoot, how you communicate in hard times, effective communication is what we're talking about now. When we look at atmosphere, we look at our environment, we look at barriers that we've grown up in. Barriers often come about when we see a lack of resource. A lack of resources create barriers for the individual. Determining on how you navigate the barriers will determine on what resource you can pull from and how you can create a resource. Ultimately, is what we're talking about. So who are we speaking to today? Let's define that. We're speaking to the creative. We're speaking to the creative that's in you. The creative that's in you has a desire to inspire. You inspire to do something bigger than what you're doing now. Not monetarily, but manifestation-wise. You were born with a gift, and your gift must be manifested in order for the world to benefit from your presence here. Imagine being on your deathbed, and you have your dreams, 
and you have your desire standing there with you on your deathbed. And as you transition from this life to the next life, your dreams, your desires, they're talking to you. And they're asking you a question. And they're asking you, why haven't you used us in this life form? How can you be prepared to go to the next life form and you haven't utilized everything that was at your disposal here today? That's the question. So we're navigating our altitude, the high road versus a low road. High road thinking versus low road thinking. For sake of argument, knowing when to walk away, knowing when to fight, knowing when to freeze. We're going to get into these in a second when we look at fight, flight, or freeze. Let's keep working. In the middle of our diagram, you see an airplane here. This airplane is a symbolic representation of your altitude. How high can you go? How high can you fly? How low can you fly? And how can you keep pushing? As you can see, we have clouds here. We got fuel here. We have the altitude. This is your meter, your e-meter. E-meter means emotional reading. We're going to look at something in a second. Let's go to duration. Duration has everything to do with how long can you endure. Some of us have been for a long time going through life just enduring hardship, enduring trial after trial after trial, tribulation after tribulation after tribulation, where we form a pessimistic mindset. We're going to discover these. Pessimism versus optimism. The duration of time, anger, agitation. What's agitating you? What are some things that are causing you to be angry about your life? You can get to the solution of these by identifying triggers and barriers. Let's look at this. The third A in our four A's of aptitude. Don't forget fuel. What's fueling your ambition? What's fueling your ambition? Is it hate or is it love? What's fueling your ambition? Is it hate or is it love? Remember, you're the pilot of this plane. After break, we'll come back and finish this lesson.
Xwave.com. Tune in to the world's number one streaming media service and check out our entire lineup at Voxwave.com. On Monday, 6 to 7 p.m., it's the Mignon Show with your host, Mignon, and co-host, Rise. And then from 7.30 to 8 p.m., My Spa, Bath, and Body. And then after that, every Monday from 10 p.m. to 11 p.m., we got The Platform, hosted by Bam640, Storm of Belladonna, and DJ Andre Michael. And on Tuesdays, 8 to 10 p.m., can't forget my man Slick Daddy Rick Heartbeat Congo Hour. Up next on Wednesdays, it's Faith Practically, helping you maintain your faith through the fires of life. Hosted by Darian Claxton, every first Wednesday of the month from 9 to 10 a.m. Then from 10 to 11.30 a.m., A-Mo TV Show, powered by Yay Me Incorporated. And every fourth Wednesday, 12 to 1 p.m., it's Impact the World Radio TV Show with your girl, Cheryl Woods. And after that, Wednesdays, 1.30 to 2 p.m., is DMV Real Estate with your hostess, Pamela Dubois. Don't forget Slick Talk with your host, Oscar D. And co-host, it's the kid. Wednesdays, 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. And coming up, Wednesdays, 8 to 9 p.m., it's the BGKH Show with Dominion and Epic. Up next, it's the Tom O Show, Wednesdays, 9.30 to 10.30 p.m. And can't forget Thursdays with You, Math, and Me, hosted by George Randall. Catch him at 10 to 10.30 a.m. Up next at 1.30 to 2.30 p.m., QETV Live Show with your host, Miss H. And then, every Thursday from 7 to 8 p.m., it's the 6.40 Evening Show. And after that, Thursdays, 8.30 to 9.30 p.m., it's In the Mix with the Mitchells, hosted by Tony and Sunita Mitchell. And then, on Friday, it's the Daryl Allen Hairston II Crime Victim Foundation Show, each Friday from 3 to 4.30 p.m., and after that, from 9 to 10 p.m., The What If Effect, hosted by James Lockett and co-hosts Terrence Allen and Wayne Taylor. Up next, on Saturday, from 8 to 9.30 a.m., come listen to The Halo Blues Show with your host, Ron Jackson. And after that, Saturday, 11 to 12 p.m., it's The Prayer, Praise, and Deliverance with Elder Thurman Gorman, Jr., then, every Saturday, 12.30 to 1.30 p.m., Four Sisters Live Talk. And don't forget, every second Saturday from 3 to 4 p.m., turning dreams into reality talk show with Tashika L. Green. Also, on Saturdays from 3 to 4 p.m., walk in newness 24-7 with Missionary Antoinette. And up next, The Doctors in the House with Dr. Daryl A. Hill, Saturdays, 4.30 to 5.30 p.m. And after that, step your game up with the Youth Project, hosted by DJ Rick, every Saturday from 6 to 7 p.m. And then on Sunday, starting at 10 to 11 a.m., it's the beautiful truth, raw, naked, and exposed, with your host, Beverly Smith-Brown. 
And after that, Sundays 2.30 to 3.30 p.m., it's the Don Jenkins Show, hosted by your man, Don Jenkins. And we can't forget, Sundays from 4 to 5 p.m., T-Lens presents The Bridge. Coming up next, it's Real Talk 101 on Sundays from 6 to 8 p.m. And every third Sunday from 3 to 4 p.m., it's the third Sunday Tea Talk Show with Dr. Akita Pearson. And stay tuned on Sundays from 8.15 to 9.15 p.m. It's the Gospel Live TV Show with your host, Glory Mello. Boxwave.com. Make sure you tune in to Boxwave.com and check out our entire lineup. We're back. I'm your facilitator for the day, Travis P.T. Ellis. You can follow me on Instagram at Ellis underscore Enterprises. You can reach us via email at yayme, that's Y-A-A-M-E-09 at gmail.com. Today, we're talking about the development Social Emotional Intelligence. This is a yay me. Education is a better key production. Trauma-informed care training is what we're covering today. We're looking at the four A's of aptitude. We've already discussed, number one, your attitude and how your mind has an attitude and how your mind is molded through your attitude. We talked about atmosphere. We looked at the atmosphere and how your atmosphere contributes to your social emotional intelligence. We've looked at altitude. Altitude, how you're able to escalate positively and de-escalate negatively. Conflict resolution is the key that we like to pull out of today's topic. We looked at low-end and high-end thinking, using our E-meter, AKA our emotional meter, by identifying those barriers and those triggers that have been stopping us or causing us to revive old feelings of disruption, to reconstitute new feelings of positive movement, and to recognize how we as individuals can become better to serve humanity. Let's keep moving. We left off at what was fueling you. As you see here, we have a turbo jet. That's you. This is what you in. You're the captain of this jet. You, being in this jet, it's just you and God. You in the cockpit. Inside this jet, you got a destination to get to a new atmosphere, a new zone. But remember, as you begin to fly high, as you started off, you may have been flying low. You may have been experiencing some, here you go, turbulence. Turbulence is when your inner peace is disturbed. You ever been on an airplane? And the first thing the flight attendant tells you before the plane takes off of this runway, 
is death. In the case of an emergency, help who first? Help yourself first. <laughs> you have to help yourself first, ladies and gentlemen. Because the key to self-help, the key to bettering your homes, the key to bettering your relationships, the key to bettering your personal lives, your professional lives, it all starts with healthy self. So as we continue to explore, the flight attendant says, help yourself first if the plane experiences some turbulence. They let you know to buckle your seatbelts. They let you know where all the safety tools are. They're slightly above your head. Matter of fact, there's a light above your head. If you need help, press this button. As we think about trauma-informed care, a lot of us have been experiencing trauma for a long duration of time many years on a social scale. As we think about a social scale, think about a number scale really quickly. Anybody remember a number scale back in school? So the number scale simply looks like this. Bar graph going across on your far left hand side, you have the negative side of the number scale. In the middle of the num number scale, it brings you back to a zero balance. On the far right side of the number scale, it brings you to a positive balance. I want you to identify something in this scale of social emotional intelligence. Let's look at this really quickly. On the far left side of our number scale, we have what you would see is a personality. And this is the anti social personality. On the far right side of our number scale, you have what you call a social personality. Due to trauma and decisions that we've made and things that have happened to us that are uncontrollable, how we receive them and how we regurgitate them back into life and how it, not only it affects us, but it affects our children. It affects those who we come in contact with as well. So the question becomes, am I on the anti-social scale of life or am I on the social scale of life? The difference in the two. In a nutshell, the anti-social personality is the person who is oftentimes antagonistic. Antagonistic in the sense of, if it's not for me, if it's not from me, then guess what? I won't support it. Anti-social personality. Social personality is the individual who can see the differences in other individuals and also see the difference that's in them but inside of indifference there is something called similarity okay it's okay to be indifferent all right because indifference brings us to a balance
No one is the same, ladies and gentlemen. What's so special about indifference is everyone is entitled to their own value. Values is what makes a connection. So whether I'm from a family of privilege, whether I'm from a family of poverty, value makes us one and the same. Thus, as we move to pessimism personality, optimism personality. Think about this. The third A in our four A's of aptitude is going to be acceleration. Acceleration has everything to do with you. You determine the tempo. You determine the pace. That you decide to journey on. Tempo and pace, ladies and gentlemen. Tempo and pace is key. There's a certain tempo that you thrive on in your life. <laughs> There's a certain tempo that I thrive on in my life. There's a certain tempo your grandmother thrives on. There's a certain tempo your dog thrives on. There's a certain tempo that your household thrives on. As we think about this, keep this in mind. Tempo can be fluctuated by pace. You can pick pace up, you can slow pace down. Think about your acceleration. This is your plane. You have a plane to catch. Before this plane takes off and goes high to a new form of altitude, it's first in a low position. The low position is this runway. For analogy purposes, this runway represents three aspects of your life. The aspect of your fighting, the aspect of you taking a flight, and the aspect of you freezing. But before we even jump into the plane, get instructions from the flight attendant to take off, to get to our new atmosphere for a duration of time, we must make sure our fuel is correct. Because these two twin turbojet engines, they take a certain type of fuel, jet fuel. You, my friend, take a certain type of fuel. The question is, what type of engine are you working with? Some of us have V12 engines inside of us. Some of us have lawnmower engines. It's all determined on how you decide to pull the baggage that's in your life. Because you know, like I know, that a Honda Civic cannot pull an airplane simply because the engine size is too small. But we do know that a Ford F-350 can pull this airplane down the runway. Now, as you think about your dream from Exhibit A, think about that baggage, that luggage that you're carrying, that you've been tasked with. You have to decide, my friends, 
how you want to carry your baggage of life. Remember, you have options. The first option is to be that of the undeveloped mind. That's a person of pessimism. That of a developed mind, this is a person of optimism. Your baggage is going to determine how you are charged to enter your flight. Let's keep pushing. Think about this, preparation. There's a certain limit that your baggage must, must be. As you board the airplane, there's a 40-pound limit. If your bag is an 80-pound bag and you only have a 40-pound limit, what do you think is going to have to happen to you? You're going to get charged extra money. Think about your life. There's a certain limit that you have been designed to take. If you put more on yourself than you've been designed to carry, guess what's going to happen? Your tempo will be slowed down. Your frequency will be off. Everybody know what the frequency is, right? The frequency is a vibe. Can we say vibe? Vibe. Vibe. The frequency is a vibe. The vibe is that feeling that you get, that reviving feeling that you get upon entering the space. Preparation is key. Because you need to be prepared to experience various frequencies, various tempos. You need to be prepared to experience various pace that other folks are on as you do business, as you develop personally, and as you develop socially. Preparation is key. Okay? So therefore, your door to a peace of mind is going to be determined upon how you respond. As we come to a close in this exercise, keep this in mind. Hard times don't last, but hard people do. As you think about how you respond to trauma, you're either going to fight the fight is resistance. So when we think about a fight, we think about something that's being resisted, right? a resistance that's happening, okay? What are you resisting in your life? Meaning, is a door closed? Somebody's knocking on this door to get in. Your response is to fight them from coming in, so you resist. Your response to your next destination of a more prosperous life 
is to fight. But you resist because it's hard to fight for the things that you want in life. Think about a flight now. The flight is to run away from. Think about this. The last time you've had a challenge, the last time you had a challenge, and the challenge was there for you to resolve, something was escalated, you've been learning to de-escalate from a turbulence place, conflict resolution. If we are not practicing, ladies and gentlemen, how to develop ourselves, then we tend to run away on every resistance that presents itself to us. Third thing we're going to look at is the freeze. The freeze is hmm, dangerous. The freeze is dangerous simply because if you see a tiger in the woods, if you see a lion in the safari jungle, you not just going to stand there. There's something in your brain, okay, there's dopamine in your brain that's going to be released, okay? And the dopamine is that thing that creates the high side of your altitude. So we as humans, we often seek to tap into the things that create a high for us. This is what we're talking about. We're talking about moving from the low end of living to the high end of living. And we're not speaking on anything materialistic. We're speaking on everything that's on the internal spectrum. Okay? Fight, flight, or freeze. How are you responding to danger? Do you, are you freezing up? Are you running away? Or are you fighting? If you see that tiger in the woods, guess what you're not going to do? You're not going to freeze. You're not going to fight that tiger. You're going to take flight. You're going to run from that tiger. Okay? If it's somebody messing with your children, with your loved one, your significant other, or something that you care deeply about, Guess what you're not going to do? You're not going to freeze. You're not going to flight, but you're going to fight. You're going to resist that thing that is coming against something that you love so dearly. Let's keep moving. The last A. Last but yet more importantly, we're looking at characteristics. The last eight is going to be appearance. Appearance and presentation. That's another word we should think about is orientation. Orientation is how you are put together. How you are put together upon presenting yourself. What do not just what do people see when they look at you? What do you see when you look at yourself? What do you see? Are you disheveled? Disheveled meaning that you clustered. You flustered. 
You ever seen a flustered person? They tend to, oftentimes, they may just break out into a sweat. They may just be nervous, a lot of uh, fidgetiness going on, a lot of agitation may be going on. You ever seen a clustered minded person? person that just don't know if they're coming or don't know if they're going. They can't get organized. The disheveled person comes in, shirt halfway tucked, halfway untucked, shoe tied, the right shoe untied, disheveled. Okay? As we look at their mood or their tone, tone may be flat. Hey, man, how you doing today, John? Uh, I'm all right. One time I was giving a speech, motivational speech, and uh, after the speech, a mother came up to me. <laughs> a mother came up to me after the speech, and she said, Mr. Ellis, I want you to talk to my son because he's so unmotivated. I looked at the woman. I said, uh, I see why he's so unmotivated because you ain't motivated. Listen, as we think about our appearance, our presentation, our orientation, think about this, the tone that we carry. The tone that we carry is, is key because the tone speaks to the tempo. The tempo speaks to the frequency, the volume of the thing, okay? Remember, speech, okay? Now, not speech so much as being always informal, but speech in making sure that you can communicate most effectively the way you communicate. Communication is a two-way streak here. Effective communication. Communication is simply understanding, making sure that the other person understands that you understand them. That's communication. Give you an example. Two people speak two different languages. One person speaks French, other person speaks Spanish. French and Spanish. One is bonjour, one is hola. Bonjour, hola. Two different speeches, two different languages. You all follow me? Two different speeches, two different languages. But due to a vibe or frequency, due to appearance, presentation, due to effective communication, the act of trying to communicate allows speech to work effectively in your favor. So, oftentimes we think about how loud a person is, how low the person is, the tone of the person, right? Uh, it's not just what's being said, but it's how it's being said. Keep that in mind. If we can get what's being said and how it's being said, if we can get the speech, the language, the tone in unison, then communication can happen effectively. Now. Lastly, as we close out, let's look at this. It's a word called affect. Some of us have heard, have heard of effect, but haven't heard of affect and how affect works. Affect is the emotional response to your mood. The affect. The affect is the emotional, is the mental, is the social response being how it makes you feel. That's the affect. The affect, okay? The affect is what comes out of all this, okay? Now, affect, we got two different characters here. This is SpongeBob SquarePants, and this is Patrick. 
If you don't know, SpongeBob and SquarePants, SpongeBob SquarePants and Patrick did cartoon characters. Reason I put these two up here for illustrations because this exhibit matches this exhibit. Patrick here, he's a starfish. The starfish is smooth in surface, smooth in its tone, be it flat. SpongeBob here, he's wrinkled. He's the wrinkled brain. He's assertive in his approach. Patrick is passive in his approach. Now, as we look at characteristically and how urban post-traumatic stress affects us, affects how it affects us over the long term, over a short term, in the now and in the future, we're looking at three different trauma experiences. The first trauma experience is going to be acute trauma. Acute trauma is what happens when a person is six years old and younger. That's acute trauma. Chronic trauma is the trauma that continues to reoccur time after time after time again. Complex trauma is a specific trauma that may have happened one time in your life. I'll give you an example. A complex trauma. I've been hit by a cop. That's only going to happen to me one time. So I'm going to stand out the street and I'm going to be observative when it comes to me dealing with vehicles in my community street or what have you. The chronic trauma, we're looking at something that's happening over a continuation of time. If you're abused verbally, mentally, physically, whatever the case may be, you can look at chronic trauma as a timeline, chronic trauma. And acute trauma is anything that happens six years old and below as your brain is being developed. That's the training for today, trauma-informed care training, part one, on social emotional intelligence. The four A's of aptitude, attitude, atmosphere, uh, altitude, acceleration. The bonus is going to be appearance. I'm Travis P. T. Ellis. Once again, this is social emotional intelligence. You can follow me on Instagram, Ellis underscore enterprise, or you can email us at yayme, Y-A-A-M-E-09 at gmail.com. Thank you.